This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the We BR Podcast, Women Empowering Baton Rouge. This podcast is an initiative of Mayor Sharon Westenbroom's Women's Advancement Commission. Welcome, this is Mayor Sharon Weston-Broom and you are listening to the We Be Our Podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month and we invite you to listen and subscribe to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com or by listening through the Apple Podcast app. Today, I am joined by my co-host, Summer Stive, a Women's Advancement Commission member and director of the LSU Women's Center. Hello there, Summer. Hello. Good morning, Mayor. It's a pleasure to be here serving as co-host for this episode of the WeBR podcast. Today, we are joined by our guest, April Ruffalo. Uh, When she's not at her day job at Louisiana Culinary Institute and taking care of her ownership responsibilities and BRQ Seafood and Barbecue, that would be both locations, uh, she's a committed member of our community working to make the area better. Uh, she is a founding member of the nonprofit Baton Rouge Emergency Aid Coalition and a trustee of the LCI Foundation. The Baton Rouge Emergency Aid Coalition aided several groups in the 2016 flood. Um, they've worked multiple hurricanes and local disasters. In recognition of the critical work that they're doing, the coalition's been recognized by In Register Magazine, um, specifically in their Women with a Cause issue. And for all of the work that she's done in the community, April's been recognized as a 40 under 40 honoree. And this past year, we honored her as one of our 2019 Esprit de Femme honorees. So it's a thrill for us to have April Ruffalo joining us this morning. April, welcome. Thank you. It's a real honor to be here. I appreciate it. Well, April, you have a very uh, inspiring uh, journey uh, in addition to uh, being a culinary queen. Can I call you that? You, you just so... <laughs> not a chef. Not, not a chef. chef. Though. I'm not a chef. I'm not a chef. But you know a lot about food. I do. I you do. know a lot about food. But yes, you also uh, are very invested, invested, I should say, in our community through your uh, nonprofit work and, uh, and just a lot of different spheres that you have your footprint in, which we certainly appreciate. Uh, but tell us a little bit about your journey and how you came to do the work that you do here in Baton Rouge. Okay, well, I started in Baton Rouge, but didn't always stay here. Um, I grew up around here, but went to Louisiana School for Math, Science, and the Arts in Natchitoches mm. and came back for LSU because dad said you had to go where it was free. And because <laughs> he would have to pay to free because he <laughs> had to pay for grad school. So after LSU, I left and moved to Chicago, not knowing anybody all on my own. And it was awesome. I went to Loyola University of Chicago, University of Chicago School of Law. I got my law degree there and then also got my LLM degree there. Um, I have an LLM in health law. I worked for Medicare for five years, wrote policy, did all that because of my health law degree. I met my husband there pretty much the third week I moved there, so I wasn't all alone after that. Um, he is now my husband of 13 years, lucky 13 now. Uh-huh. And um, we moved back for an opportunity. My father owned Louisiana Culinary Institute. It was not his main thing. Before that, he had owned hospitals, so we were a healthcare background. Um, We came back for the opportunity to have a family and not, 
you know, have to live in the city with a family and, and have my parents around and to help my, um, the community grow and LCI grow. So we came back, we, um, really took the school and made it a bigger facility, added more students and then actually strength, shrank the population again. So that way we could focus more on one-on-one education. Um, started the LCI Foundation, which is committed to providing scholarships for the students and also feeding the hungry. Um, we are a culinary school, so we have access to a lot of food and a lot of food items. So we do take every week um, food that is left over and we take it and put it into soups and use it for a food bank that we go and visit every month and we provide all of that with our leftover stuff it provides an outlet for the students to be able to give back to the community as well as for them to know that they need to do something with that food they have a responsibility as a chef as well to give back and what better way than to feed people that are hungry um, the flood in 2016 um, kind of gave me a little bit of an opportunity. Our house was flooded, so we didn't have very much flood in the way, but it was enough to require our, us to be not in our home. Um, we were definitely blessed. My parents had moved. They downsized and moved into our neighborhood two months before the flood, so we were able to move into their home um, with them and, you know, no questions asked. Being Southern families, it's just, this is what you do. You know, my, my husband asked, he said, well, we, you, did you even ask your mom and dad? I'm like, well, no. Why would I? They <laughs> just are going to say yes. So it was great because my kids, I have a now six and an eight-year-old, two sons, Giovanni and Luca, and it was great. I would not trade that experience. It was sad, but it was so... I just grew so much. My dad said he saw me standing outside of our home with all of our stuff outside. And he said, you know, I really thought, oh, no, she's going to crumble. And what is she going to do? And I turned around and I said, well, man, I had a lot of stuff we had to get rid of. Right. And, you know, it was just one of those things. I think having children really made me not fall apart because you have to be strong for them and, and do that. So I was able having the resources at the school, we were able to provide food for over, we were able to provide over 40,000 meals. Wow. We got donations. Um, everyone came in on, you know, we, could, we couldn't have school. Many of our students were out. So we were able to um, cook and give things away. You know, it, it's hard to, some you, you learn real quick that it's hard to give stuff away during a, a natural disaster because there are regulations. And I get that as a lawyer. I totally get that. We're trying to, you know, keep everyone safe and not gouge. But we were thankful that we had the opportunity to help our graduates, our students, their families, also emergency responders. They were very grateful to get the food that we provide. We were all very tired of having white beans and red beans because that was one of those things. But, you know, to see everyone so happy that they got a hot meal um, was very wonderful. Um, then break came along. So we were doing that. And then there were five other women that are all moms and we all got together and had our own little par- portion. Um, one of the girls, she, um, Dr. Ashley Saucier, she is the PEDS ER director at the lake. She was helping to run um, one of the shelters to do that. So she had the emergency portion with medicine there. So we all kind of got together and then we formed the nonprofit and are able to help in all of these disasters. 
um, we teamed up with one of the mattress companies, BR Mattress, and they were able to help us get things at cost. And it was wonderful because we got over 600 people off of the ground by providing wow. them free mattresses. So, I mean, we were still doing that two years later. Mm-hmm. We just stopped that project this year in January. But it was, I mean, it is humbling mm-hmm. to see so much need, but to be able to um, to affect it was wonderful as well so well it's very obvious and evident to me that you're very uh passionate about your community and you demonstrate that compassionately thank you um you know as you were you said so many things that i wanted to no that i wanted to tie into um that were really first of all before we go any farther let me just say this i have a young lady that came to my office a student she's like really young Mm -hmm. and maybe going into middle school but she has this she came with an idea and it it involves um feeding the hungry so if you don't mind i'm going to make the connection so you could perhaps mentor her and you guys she might want to work with you on her idea ideas are great they turn into things yeah so when good things that was the first thing um (laughs) uh that came to my mind and the other thing was the you know our 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 previous guest uh, talked about entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and the family business, and you uh, can identify obviously <laughs> with that as as well. Um, your journey, uh, you know, from from back from um, the School of Science and Math in Natchitoches to Baton Rouge to Chicago and back. You know, I'm I'm curious, what what really. Uh, motivated you to come back to your hometown? Um, if I'm being completely honest, it was yeah. it, it's my husband. He wanted a different opportunity. And I think, though, as much as I... It, it was it was hard for me because it was maybe one of those things like did I fail and am I coming back to work for my dad? You know, because I'm very independent. Mm-hmm. And I realize that now I have a friend that wanted to move back to another town and I realize now that it was not a sense of failure it was a sense of strength and I am so happy that I moved back to be with my family because I can make a difference in this community maybe I could have done that in Chicago too I'm sure I would be doing something but this way I get to do it alongside my family and I get to spend that time with them I mean who wouldn't give and, and I have young children, so they're getting to be with their grandparents and things like that. I know I would give up a whole bunch to see my grandparents again. So be it, to be able to give that to my children is is so wonderful. And, you know, I, I do think about that. I think, oh, well, maybe I should move or maybe I should do something different. But don't move. I would. <laughs> well, I would I would really regret not being able to see my family every day. I, yeah. I, I just love them yeah. so much. Yeah. Now, granted, I work with them. So yeah. that is hard. That is very, very hard. But um, I mean, I love seeing my mom and dad every day. Yeah. You know, I, I really do. Yeah, I really that's do. Special. What would it you is. say is one of the greatest lessons that you've learned in your career? Um, and I think I learned this even before I had a real job. It's the power of thank you. Mm. I think that wow. thank so you. Important. Yes. Yes, yes, that's yes. great. Um, one of the things that um, I even wrote in my forty under forty was they asked what was the the biggest compliment you've ever got, and it really was a thank you, and it was a thank you from my dad. I did something that 
went against him. And you know, it, you know, daughters and fathers have a different relationship, and it's hard, especially you know, you can't go against what daddy says. But mm-hmm. I, I did, and I told him, no, I'm, I know you, you paid all this money for me to go to school. Mm-hmm. Like, just listen to what I'm saying. I'm yeah. telling you this, and I did. And when it came out right, thank God. Um, (laughs) he came back and he said, you know, you were right. Thank you. You really did something great for us. And, and I I appreciate it. And it was probably the best compliment I've ever gotten in my life. And, and I feel like you need to tell everybody. Thank you. I tell my children. Thank you. I also admit when I'm wrong. Yeah. And then there's a need for patience and team building. Yeah. I think that that's a big yeah. part too. I know that's kind of just a side, but I really think that thank you is a big deal. The power of thank yeah. you. I love coming from a place of, of gratitude. Mm. It's yes. so easy to, to see the negative Absolutely. or to focus on what didn't work Absolutely. or, um, you know, how somebody rubs you mm. the wrong way, but to, to spend some time reflecting on that, yes. not only individually, but then giving that back out, I think is, uh, it's such a powerful way to, to live your life. And I think whenever you give gratitude out, you often get it back many, many fold. It makes me feel good. And I don't feel good if I treat someone poorly. I really don't. It hurts. And sometimes that even means that I don't stand up for myself and I'm quiet about stuff, but it doesn't make me feel good. So I'm, you know, maybe I'm being a little selfish by, by doing that. Cause this actually makes me feel good. But I think that it does come from a place of, I truly am thankful mm-hmm. of, for all the opportunities that I've had and for the things that people do for me. That's wonderful. Um, what are you most proud of? Well, I know that it's very cliche, but I would say personally, my children, um, I, like I said, I have Giovanni and Luca and, um, Giovanni just won the like almost equivalent to student of the year at his school this year. And it was, his teacher said it was for his kindness to others and his respect for his teachers. And that as a parent was probably the proudest moment of my life. I mean, you know, it really, really was. And I do take them to the food bank that we, um, that we go, the food pantry that we go to, we do mighty moms and it's seeing them grow. I guess professionally, it's being able to work with my family daily and not kill them. I really think that that's a really a proud moment. It's you not know? something I can do, so mad props for that. I, I too love my family, yes. but... I mean, I work with my mom. It's a family affair. With my mom, my dad, and my husband. And... It's hard. I mean, I didn't even mention BR. Yeah, I didn't even mention BRQ and Bacon and Fig, our our um, catering company. But yeah, working with your family is difficult sometimes. It's rewarding. Don't get me wrong. It's rewarding, but it is difficult. And what advice do you have for other women? Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I I think that um, I have always worked in sort of a male dominated industry. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of chefs, we're, we're seeing a lot more female um, presence and everything, but I think that you have to listen and be strong and honest. And one of the things that I teach in my leadership class is, um, you know, emotional intelligence and also that that requires you stopping and curtailing your emotions. And as a woman, I feel like we really have to do that even more because, um, you know, we, we get dismissed if you cry or if you, you get angry, then there are some stereotypes that get thrown at you. My thing, if I cry, it's usually cause I'm angry. Um, but that's just my thing. But I have learned to stop and just to kind of bury that really listen to what's going on and then take a step, take a breath, think about what I'm going to say, because it really makes all the difference. 
Yes. So. You know, April, I uh, remember when I first met you, I think it was at the, what do you call that restaurant tours thing? It was, I, it was at um, the Epicurean Society yeah, yeah, meal. Epicurean. Yes. Now you know right. why I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was at the Epicurean. I mean, I remembered, but I couldn't remember that name. Yeah. And uh, I had an opportunity to sit at the table with your husband and you and, and uh, we shared <laughs> and talked a little bit, but I have to tell you, I have learned so much just talking with you oh. today. I mean, we had a great conversation, sure. and I remember we took a picture. You remember we? Took I do. Picture? I think yeah. I still have it on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I've learned so much uh, more about you uh, during this uh, interview, and it's just been a delight. So, thank you. Do you have a message for our listeners that you're burning to share with them? I mean, besides come and eat at BRQ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which I am... Really good food, by really the way. Food, right. Really good Mayor food. Mayor and I both vouch for it. Yeah. We're, we we're both kind it. of foodies. I've been so. there for brunch. I've been there for dinner. And um, I have a, a special that's really good. Dish. Yeah, froze. We have our froze. Um, <laughs> and we have a wonderful, you know, catering company too. But I think... But seriously... Um, I was not the person that really wanted to go into business for themselves. I I enjoyed um, my service for the government. I really did, um, and I think had my life would have been very different if I would have stayed. I probably would be in DC now or something. But um, I think though, when you do go into business for yourself, it. You know, it's not roses everywhere. The grass is always greener. So there are wonderful things that I think about it. But you have to be very honest um, with everyone. My my dad has always said that you have to be nice going up the ladder because you never know when you're coming down. And I really yeah. took that to heart. Yes, indeed. Um, and I think that maybe that was the genesis of the power of thank you. Mm-hmm. So, um, Absolutely. you know, I, I just think that you have to. As, as previous guests have said, to carve out some time for yourself as well, too, to get to relieve that stress. We're going to have a show, a show just on carving out time for yourself. Oh, it's so hard. It's, it's so, so hard. Self-care and balance. Yeah, podcast. we're going to have a show just on that. Absolutely. You know, and I'm going to sit and take notes. Someone, <laughs> I, I was going to given, implement them. In my I, I worked on a board one time, and um, as we left, she gave us this gift, and it was very small. It was um, emery boards. Mm. And she said, I know that this is kind of silly, but I want you to put it in your purse. And then every time you use it, you think about this because you are doing self-care and you're thinking about those little things and I'm like oh and I still I have them in my purse and I think about those nice ladies on that board and and everything else and it's it's a nice little reminder you know when you're mad that you broke a fingernail so it kind of brings you back so that's kind of nice too yeah yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Summer, you have a question? I do. So as we are wrapping up, um, our closeout question is, if you had guests visiting Baton Rouge for 24 hours, where would you take them? We're going to assume that y'all are going to probably start middle and end of the day <laughs> at, at BRQ or LCI. Um, so what are what are some other things, though, that you would want to show folks about our community? You know, well, I have been a guest in our community, having lived away for eight years in Chicago. And when I came back, I there were... It was always about food when I came back because, you know, you couldn't get all that good stuff. When I still ate meat, it was boudin and those kind of things. Now, I know I own a a restaurant that specializes in barbecue, and I am pescatarian, so I only eat fish. But that's why we have fish. That's why we have fish there. We've got two two pescatarians on the panel today, the mayor and April. And our fish is always wonderful. Clay and I are the meat eaters um, here, right? But, you know... 
being an LSU alum, I would go by and see Mike the Tiger. My kids love to do that kind of stuff. Um, do beignets at Coffee Call. We always would go to Tony's um, Seafood yes. to go see stuff. And it's very funny because that um, that picture of Mr. Tony Pizzolatto in there, it looks just like Charlie's grandpa in Chicago. I mean, down to the hat and everything. I mean, with the high pants. I love it. So um, do that. And obviously, we would eat at BRQ. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Thank you, April. We've, it's been fun. We've really enjoyed uh, talking with you today. And uh, our listeners, we want to thank you for tuning in to the WeBR podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. And please tell someone else about the We podcast. Summer, I think what I may do is uh, offer something creative, some type of incentive between now and the next time we'll talk about it for the person who gets the most uh, folks to listen to the We Be Our podcast. Share us rate us too because that's really important so if, yes. you're, if you like oh, what yeah, you yeah. hear that's good if you're that's loving good. this content from these amazing women that we that's have right. here in baton rouge talking about leadership yes give us that five-star review whenever you listen that's to the podcast <laughs> and it, it it bumps us up and the analytics and the things that i don't fully understand um but it's really important so yes yes yes, yes. and so you can listen the first and third wednesday of each month And you can subscribe to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com or by listening through the Apple Podcast app. Thanks for listening to the We Be Our podcast, Women Empowering Baton Rouge. This podcast is an initiative of Mayor Sharon Weston Broom's Women's Advancement Commission.